you've got lack and scarcity. And at the other end, it's not abundance, but it's limitless abundance. And that's a very different concept than just abundance because it says you don't just reach abundance, it's limitless. So you're in a limitless field of possibilities there. But here's one of the things that I realized is that our society really from the beginning of recorded history has all been about lack and scarcity. Welcome to the Better Than Rich Show with your hosts, Andrew Biggs and Mike Abramowitz. The Better Than Rich Show helps ambitious leaders who are on a mission to leave the world better than they found it, change their perspective on what's important, increase their income and impact, and systemize their life and business. If you've ever struggled with finding your purpose, have felt disconnected or distracted, or found yourself going through the motions, this show will remind you that what you do matters and will re-inspire you to chase your highest dreams. It's time for you to become better than rich. Welcome back to the Better Than Rich show. And I am your host today, Mike Abramowitz. And I am pumped for season three because this is our season of our guests. And we've had some really awesome guests on the show. And this guest today is one of my one of the most favorite people in the world. I actually call him Uncle JV. And he is the founder of theconsciousmillionaire.com and the world's number one limitless mindset authority. Unlocks the minds of six and seven figure entrepreneurs so they could put more money in the bank and massively impact humanity. JV has built and sold companies. He's an attorney, 34 times number one international best-selling author. He created the Global Mindset to Millions event and hosts the Conscious Millionaire Show, heard by millions in 190 different countries. I am so excited for this combo. I've been on the Conscious Millionaire Show. I've I've read the Conscious Millionaire Grow Your Business by Making a Difference book years ago when you gifted it to me at one of our first networking events I met you at. And I'm so honored to bring you to our Better Than Rich community. JV Crum the third, welcome to the Better Than Rich Show. I am excited to be here. And I just want to say a big hello to everybody who's listening. If you're listening to Mike, you're listening to a good guy. We used to live not very far from each other. So thank you for joining us. And and what could be better than rich? That's hey, you know what? You're better than rich, JV. That's <laughs> that's what's better than rich. <laughs> it's fun for me to be on this end because uh, I know for the last several interactions and conversations we had, it's always me seeking counsel from you and and uh, you giving some advice and wisdom and and having me on your show a few times. So this is going to be really fun for me to share you with uh, with the world and be able to ask you some questions. And you know, one of the things I want to start with, I want to dive right in. You know, in your book, I remember this when I learned this years ago when I first met you about the formula for creating a wealth model. You said conscious, focus, action, results, learning. And it's a really simple model, but I don't I don't know if everyone buys into the philosophy that they can make money and also make a difference using like a simple model of consciousness at the bottom of like a pyramid and then focus and then action and then adding on the results and the learning. Can you just speak to this idea that people can make money and also make a difference using some sort of model like this? Yeah. So that's such a great question. I really appreciate it. Well, first of all, you know, I want you to know I'm a champion for the future. I'm a futurist. And I believe the future of humanity and the future of commerce 
is going to be exclusively, I know right now you're looking around and you're saying, but Chavy, it looks pretty chaotic. I want, I want to address that chaos and then we're going to address this. So think about the caterpillar and the chrysalis. And if you were to look on, it would seem pretty chaotic. But if you're inside of it, looking at how all those new connections are being made and the butterfly is getting strong through even the stress and having to push against the outsides of that chrysalis, then it evolves into this butterfly. I think that's what's going on on this planet right now. I think the next eight years, I'm a futurist, I'm going to tell you, all hell is breaking loose. It's going to get what is going to appear like more chaos, more chaos, more chaos, more chaos. But I believe on the other side of that, we're evolving into a much more conscious world. And sometimes you have to examine the dark to get to the light and allow it to totally shine forth. So the conscious part is, I believe the future of commerce is that we're going to just be building businesses that make a positive impact and uplift humanity. And really, I think of that as a triple win. You, others, and humanity all uplifting and winning together. Now, if you think about that, it makes a lot more sense that rather than this old win-lose model that most of entrepreneurship was built on until just the last 20 years, really, where one person wins or one company wins and they put the other business out and they're always trying to win where someone loses. But if you think about consciousness of a triple win that you, others, and humanity can all win bigger and there's this synergistic effect. So is you win and your clients win and humanity wins, you win more and your clients win more and humanity wins more. It's, it's upward moving, kind of like the pyramid. And that's why when you start out with a conscious understanding that, wait a minute, when I'm doing something aligned with who I am, with my values, with the difference I want to make with my life, and I assure you that right now, if you haven't quite yet discovered this, there is a big difference inside of you. Every human being has it. And you bring that out. Imagine how much more passionate you'll be, how your team that you bring on that buys into that big vision is going to be much more energized and motivated because it isn't just money they're putting in the bank account. They're putting value into the world. And today, anybody under 40 is looking for places to work where they can make a difference that's transparent and they feel like their lives are truly meaningful because you get meaning from helping others. That's a long answer, but I think it's important to understand the foundation that it's when you're focusing on both making a big difference and making big money, big sales, big profits, that the two come together in a way that's much better than just focusing on money alone. I love, the, I love the triple win that you talk about in the book. I win, my clients win, humanity wins, and we add value to the world. It sounds like the future can be bigger than the past if more people approach life this way. And, and I, I think this ties into, you know, you, you've been working on a lot of different projects. I know uh, we'll talk about after that you have a new book coming out, but you're also built this reputation as the world's number one limitless mindset authority. What is that meaning for, for the public right sure. now? Like, What is the value that you're adding to people in this, in this wheelhouse? Well, what I do with my clients, whether they're private or they're in group programs with me, and the next book that's coming out is going to be talking about this as well, is I help them tap into their limitless possibilities. And when they start tapping into that, this is different than being a high performer. 
up until a couple of years ago, I was focused on helping people be high performers. And then, you know, the pandemic had all kinds of positive effects because I was kind of in lockdown living alone. And you have time to think about stuff that I wasn't thinking about before. And I said, well, wait a minute. There's something above all of this. There's some higher calling for me about how I can impact others. And I realized, oh, it's really about having a limitless mindset. Because instead of being a high performer where you've got a good command of your mindset, your strategies, and your executions, which is the three parts of any business, now you're moving to much higher levels where you're tapping into your limitless nature. You're tapping into your deeper purpose. You're tapping into unlocking your true potential that is beyond mere ego. And it comes into a state of, of higher consciousness where you begin to realize, oh, this is what being limitless is about. And here's the thing. It's not a destination. It's an iterative process of reaching to more limitless, more limitless, more limitless. And that's the fun part is it's endless growth about being limitless in your impact, in the money you make, and in the life you live. And you spend some time, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but you spend some time with like a shaman and well, I lived like at kinda, a, I lived at a Buddhist monastery, and then I went and lived at Esalen, which is on the Big Sur coast, which is where the human potential movement began. And I have a meditation practice because to me, it's about waking up. It's about being awakened, which is really awareness. Now, if we think about that on a practical level. Everything in the universe, just go back to Einstein or look at quantum physics. I mean, there's plenty of understandings that everything in the universe is energy. So when you go, well, what are you awakening to? What are you aware of? Well, that energy is filled with information. And the more awake you become, the more aware you are, the more conscious you are, the more you can tap into that, the bigger the vision you, you get, and the more you tap into that to get the actual ideas. I mean, all, really, on what? a daily basis, ideas come into me just when I'm sitting in awareness. Ideas I had not expected were going to come into my mind about how to build my company or who to call or, you know, what steps to take next or, oh, a whole new program to build. What chapter of life did that trigger for you? Like, you, what, what? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't that you went to this Buddhist monastery when you were like five or six years old. Like, what chapter <laughs> of life did you say? Yeah, my, my, mom, and, mom and dad out in Little Oklahoma, Florida at five said, well, we got to ship him off to a Buddhist monastery. That's that's what this kid needs. No. Yeah. At what chapter of life do you reach that point where you say, I got to go, I got to search inwards about this awareness? Yeah, it was really around 18, 19. 19. I was undergrad. I had been pre-med, pre-seminary, and then psychology. And to make it more fun, I did it in three years. So I was a 19-year-old senior. And um, I was then studying psychology. And I applied and got accepted for being on this campus hotline. So I went through extensive training and then, like, how did I spend my Saturday nights or Friday nights? I'd be eight-hour shifts on the phones where we had lots of calls because I think there were 30, 40,000 people on campus, people in crisis. So it was a crisis hotline. And that's really when I started 
my deeper journey of self-awareness and self-reflection and contemplation. Because in order to do work on these people and be there for them, sometimes for like an hour or two on the phone. So, so you know, they're suicidal, right? And here I am, a 19-year-old. I had to do a lot, begin doing a lot of personal work to clean myself up so I could be available to others. Because of course, when you're in, in college yourself, it's not like, you don't ever go through a crisis. And yet I had to be there for other people. That's what I chose to do. That triggered a lot of stuff that I had to become aware of. And I think that's when the real awakening began for me. Hmm. And and you said you also give space where creative creativity can flow. Right. Like how how often, like if for every day, for every week, for every month, for every campaign or quarter, every year, like how much time would you say you spend? So my in- new practice, I have a trainer now I'm working with and I'm getting up at six. He's, he's not located where I am, but that doesn't matter. I still have to get up at six. I've already been to the athletic club today. I'll, I have a break at three and I'm going to go back for my second treadmill. And then on a daily basis, an hour of spiritual practice, a half hour meditation, a half hour Qigong practice. And in my form of meditation is Vipassana. You can look that up. It's taught in, in Buddhism. And it's just a focus. It's, it's not about a lot of what's called meditation this day. I would call guided visualization. It's filling the mind up with ideas. Mine's just focusing on the breath and emptying my mind. And that's when a lot of ideas after that in Qigong, a lot of ideas will come to me. And then I leave the evenings, I finish that by seven, I leave the evenings open for reflection, for journaling, for watching something inspirational. You know, I I subscribe to different things like Gaia, and you know, they have movies that are very inspirational, and and to allow things to come to me. But it happens throughout the day as well. So that's in a day. Do you take specific, like strategic retreat each quarter or anything like that? Well, right now, as we record this, it's summer. So uh, two weekends from now, I'm going camping. Then I'm going camping in another two weeks. So I also go camping and I find that sleeping on the ground. Now, folks, I got to be telling you, I do have a nine inch ear mattress, <laughs> but you're still on the ground. And my favorite part of camping is that um, people will come by my campsite and they go, oh, my God, you have the best fire. So I like buy up all the firewood and I'll have a fire for like three hours. And it's very shamanic for me. It's, you know, I'll just look at the fire and it's just like it's burning away, you know, the, the things in my mind that need to go so new stuff can come. Sometimes I'll write you know, things I want to let go of and I'll throw them in the fire. But that's a very spiritual experience for me being in nature and especially having a fire. at night. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm glad you say that because so many entrepreneurs and so many individuals that listen to the show are so caught up in working inside their life and inside their business. And what you're speaking to is, yes, you need to do that and taking some time for the creative space, for, for the creative juices to flow and for all these really cool ideas to exist is is not only just a good idea it's necessary yeah yes absolutely because the kind of clients i work with my private clients are seven and eight figures i'm currently looking for a billionaire to work with because it's the same process and they pay you you have clients that pay you 50 grand base just to start working with you so so i mean these are on a low start yeah and and my new programs go up to a million a year to work with me got it so i just want to make sure every listener knows like what we're talking about here so go ahead what i've discovered from doing lots of coaching is if you talk to me before the pandemic i was still primarily focusing on the strategy and execution 
which is where most people are. But as I reflected during the pandemic, and I had a lot of time to reflect, and I realized, you know, that's not the big piece. The big piece, the 80-20, is 80% is what you would call mindset. I'm going to call that consciousness, all the internal work. That if you want to go from from 1 million to 10 million, or 10 million to 100 million, or a billion to 10 billion, whatever it is, same process, the majority of that work is you. It's your identity. It's how you're thinking. It's what you see as possibilities. It's how you identify opportunities. It's your, one of the main things I teach is flow. I teach people how to get in flow, how to use their intuition and increase their awareness of possibilities. That's where most of the money is made. Then we work on strategy and execution. So that's a piece of what we do. But as I explain it, and most people get this pretty quickly, if you redo your strategies and execution and you haven't up-leveled you, you can change the words, but it's the same level. But when you up-level yourself, all of a sudden you see strategies. Like now that I'm you know, I actually have a coach coaching me. He hasn't had a, a million dollar client, but he believes I can get it. And so we're working on how do we do that and what's the exact offer. But that has changed my view of possibility because also, all of a sudden I'm seeing different opportunities than I saw before just because I opened myself up because the first piece of work I did was that I can take that million dollar fee and turn it into 50 to 100 million. I'm certain I can do that from you know, past experiences and results I get. And I 100% am confident that I can deliver. And if I weren't confident I could deliver, I couldn't make that sale because I would hold myself back. So it's changed my view. And if you had talked to me last year, I started thinking about this, the fee was going to be a quarter million. And then I kept going, God, it's that I know that for many people, this will sound something they haven't said to themselves, but I kept saying, gosh, it doesn't doesn't seem like the right amount. It's not enough. And then I realized, well, if I can help somebody get 50 to 100 million, then a million is just a line item, right? And there's a lesson in this as well. I'm not, I'm not going out to find seven-figure clients that are going to pay me a million dollars because that's an unreasonable amount for them. It's not going to work. So when you choose your clients and you choose your fee base and you choose the results, your ROI, you're going to help them get, it has to fit where they currently are before you take them to the next level. And then when you take them there, my goal always is that someone goes, oh my God, this was so cheap. A year later, they go, oh my God, this was such a deal. That's what I want them to say. And you you inspired me last year when you were kind of discovering this for yourself to check out Alex Hermosi's $100 million offer. My God, that is and a great you... book. I have watched his videos three times. I've outlined them. I've read the book. You know, every once in a while, I come across a book and I go, that's a book everybody should read. You know, he nailed it. He did such a great job of presenting that material. It was such a pleasure to read it. Yeah. And, and those videos you sent me were fantastic. The book was super helpful. And I, I love, you know, for anybody, any listener, you should really check it out. I think it's 99 cents for the ebook right <laughs> it's now. It's crazy. You know, so maybe, maybe, maybe we can get Alex on the show. I have a couple of friends who are connected to him. So we'll see. Well, well when you uh, do, that, I'd that like be... to have him on Conscious Millionaire as well. Yeah. So, the, 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 but the idea here of what you're saying is if you could add enough value, right. 
to the marketplace, then the marketplace will pay you exactly. whatever it is that the value you're offering it and don't sell yourself short. What's really important is for you to get clear, where do you want to go? Because once you get clear where you want to go, then all of a sudden you start asking different questions. Like I keep, you know, focusing on how, how do I get to a hundred million? And most of that, by the way, is going to go to my nonprofit conscious world, but the journey intrigues me. So when you start asking that level of questions, and I'd say whatever you're asking right now, literally 10 times it, and start asking, how do I get there? All of a sudden you start having insights and seeing opportunities and possibilities you weren't seeing before because you were asking too small of a question. Do you, do you think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs fail to grow or scales because they ask really yep. terrible questions or, or what do you think? Well, they ask little questions and they ask little questions because they're looking through little eyes. And I don't mean that derogatorily because at one point I was too and everybody is. And and if you think about it, well, some people would go, well, a hundred million, why isn't it a hundred billion? I go, well, because that's the amount that I need to accomplish my outcomes, most of which is to train youth 18 to 25 to become conscious leaders. That's my big outcome with my life and to help create a life and a world in which everybody can win. That That's my number one focus when everything's said and done. That's why I'm on this planet. And you realize that you know, in the book, you realized this when you were a kid, you realized you had this big purpose to, to make a difference and become a millionaire. I remember reading in the book that your dad was working at a, a citrus, a citrus harvesting business in the center of Florida. Is that right? Yeah, he had a citrus harvesting business, but we were, and, and I think it's mindset because my dad was actually a good entrepreneur. He could tell you where the money was and he'd be spot on, but he couldn't mine it. Right. And I think it's because he self-sabotaged all the time, which is actually a mindset, energetic pattern. I throw it into mindset, but it's an energetic pattern. And by five, growing up in this little poor town, two or three hundred people. So I was out in the country. Right. But one day when my mom would take me to the grocery store. So we had to go eight miles to the grocery store and it was an only kid. So I had to go with my mom. You know, you're five years old. And she'd always lecture me and she'd say, now, don't ask for the candy bar because we don't have the money to pay for it. And literally, folks, that was the truth. And she said, I don't want people to think we're poor. So I'd go into the grocery store. Literally, I'm not joking. I'd pray that mom put candy on the list because if it wasn't on the list, we weren't getting it. She had a list. And one day when we got home, I said, something's wrong with this picture. You know, like, what's the answer? You know, and I'd watch television. And of course, you have the shows with the millionaires living in the mansions and the limousines. And, and I'm thinking to myself, they can buy candy bars. That's it. I'm going to grow up and be a millionaire. And I, in, in like 30 seconds, I was standing by the kumquat tree in the neighbor's yard. I remember it so clearly. And it just resonated through my being. It was like... I was changed at a cellular level. I was so clear that was my future. And I ran into the house so proud. I discovered the answer to life and told my parents. And my mother actually shook her fingers at me. She says, don't you tell anybody. Now, when I was right, of course I did. I went around, I knocked on the doors. That was, the, I was, that was me. So I knocked on all these doors in Little Oklahoma, Florida to announce to everyone that I was going to be a millionaire when I grew up. Now, I'm sure they all rolled their eyes because this was not a town where people believed those kind of things, 
right? This, this, that, that's why they were all in the situation they were in, right? And when I was writing my book, my editor, I wrote that into the first chapter. And my editor says, Chief, you've got to explain that. And I said, well, I have no idea why she did that. So it took me six months while I was writing the book to kind of think through it. And I realized, oh, we lived across the street from the church. And in a little country town, there's a family who runs the church and we were that family. So I'd mow the lawn and, you know, mom and dad were in the choir and all that. And I realized because that church taught, as a lot of country churches probably do, you know, that rich people are bad because nobody in the congregation was rich. So the, so the minister was not catering to rich people. He was catering to poor people. He was telling them, hey, you all are the good people. And those rich people are all greedy, bad people. And so my mom didn't want me to grow up to be a criminal or to steal from people because that was her view of how people became millionaires. Fortunately, I didn't buy into that because I didn't even know what was going on. And I just went along my way, never doubting I was going to be a millionaire and got there at 25 and had the home on Bayshore where you know it is. But it was because I had been working on my interior and asking, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get there? But I knew it was my destiny because I claimed it at five. And right now, today, we're going to do a little call to the altar here. If you haven't yet claimed that you're going to be a millionaire, today is your day to claim it. Because until you claim it, the journey does not begin. And the moment you claim it and commit to it, you're, you're halfway there. I mean, it might take some amount of time, but that's just the manifestation part. It really begins with claiming and declaring that that's your future and saying nothing but that will be acceptable to me. And that's what I did at five. And that's why I got there. And what's the difference between a millionaire and a conscious yeah, millionaire? Because yeah. someone's listening, they're like, oh, great, I, I have a million dollars, but then I got a million problems with that million dollars. Such a good question, because I became the millionaire who wasn't conscious. As a <laughs> little boy, my only quest was to get the million dollars. Ironically, so I could not just buy the home, but I could get the candy bar, right? Because that was the underlying motive. And I got there and three months in, I had this beautiful home. I was looking out one day on the bay, had palm trees in the front lawn, and people were out on the bay in their sailboats. And I said to myself, something's wrong with this picture. And literally in a minute's time, and every time I tell this story, I go right back to where I was standing, and I totally melted. I, I went through a meltdown. And I said to myself, and this is exactly what I said, I don't like myself. I'm horrible at relationships. Ask anybody I had a relationship with. All I figured out was to have money. And then I said, something's wrong with this picture. And it took me a while to figure out what's wrong with that. I went to Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer. I went to sweat lodges. I mean, I was became the seeker, you know, read, you know, Think and Grow Rich, all the, Wayne Dyer's books. You know, I, I read all this stuff. Right. The classics. And I'm asking myself, what, what is missing? And eventually I figured it out. I wasn't living with any purpose. And that's the purpose that really actually brings the conscious peace in full force. Is that when you connect with that deeper purpose, you become conscious that you're on the planet for something bigger. Something that matters. Like I've told you, okay, so I've got the money track. But my biggest outcome is to train 18 to 25-year-olds in 100 countries to become conscious leaders that help us create a world where everybody can win. Because I'm clear that's the most important thing I can do with my life. 
And the second most is actually Conscious Millionaire of training entrepreneurs how you can get wealthy changing the world and living your purpose and making a difference and that that's true fulfillment. True, I can tell you I've had enough money in the bank. Fulfillment does not come from money in the bank. Money in the bank is great, but money in the bank where you're on track to do something that matters and that's how you're putting the money in the bank, that's true fulfillment. It's interesting. One of our past guests, Dr. Kelly Flanagan, in his book, he had the the Latin rooted word for passion. It means to struggle and compassion means to struggle with. And I thought that was really interesting because I, I didn't know that the Latin rooted word of the roots of these. And what I hear you saying is, is this purpose and this fulfillment in also rooted from the passion that is coming from some sort of epiphany or some sort of struggle or some sort of breakthrough because I'm realizing I, I don't feel aligned. I don't feel connected to where I am. So therefore I'm struggling with something and now I need to break through whatever this, whatever this current struggle and, and, is. And Mike, I think it comes down to one question that you must answer for yourself. And the question is this, is, is your birth just some biological, almost random event or is you're being on this planet right now purposeful. And if you decide it's random, then you probably don't think you have any real purpose for being here and maybe you become the millionaire, but you're probably going to skip the conscious part. But if you think that there are no accidents and it doesn't matter what story, by the way, you tell yourself, I'm fine with any of them. But the real question is, does my life have meaning and purpose in eight in my being on this planet? And if you answer the question, yes, then it only makes sense that by living that purpose, you're going to live at your highest levels and you're going to be your most productive. You're going to actually make your most money and make a difference at the same time. So it really comes down to that fundamental question. Why am I here? Mm. And we, we, we had a, co- we had a whole episode on, on the, the better than rich show on death the relationship with death and understanding death. And that was a question that we posed of why we're here. And it's interesting that you said, what's your birth's purpose? I I am interested to hear your response to, well, what do you think about death? Like when someone's faced with the adversity of death of a loved one, usually that's when they start questioning their own life. Oftentimes people Mm -hmm. don't necessarily um, have to be put in the position to question their life until they experience either a life-threatening situation of themselves or a loved one, you know, you know, passing on. Did you have, um, do you have any, I'm interested in your wisdom on that. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. Um, well, and this comes back to a fundamental question. Do you think that you are just a biological being having one life and that's it? Or do you think that there's something bigger about your spiritual nature that transcends this one specific life and perhaps You've had many lives here and perhaps other places. Now, I'm of the second ilk because I've had enough experiences to tell me that that's true. So when I was two, I had a, uh, my grandmother lived with us. So it was her brother. So it was actually my great uncle living upstairs because he had cancer. And every day I'd take him a glass of V8 juice. And one morning I went around to take him the glass of V8 juice and, um, this spiritual being, that's the best way to describe it, appeared to me and explained what death was and explained that death is just the spirit leaving the body 
and moving on to other experiences. And that stayed with me. And I have been called into family, friends, people who are dying, people who know someone or a spouse is dying. And I go in and I, I work with them and I help them understand that it's okay to let go, that you're only letting go of the body. So for me, death is only the death of the body of one lifetime in one specific time and space, but that we're all living this eternal experience as, as light beings or conscious beings or spirit, how, however you want to frame that in your mind, but that life is eternal. And this is just mm-hmm. one lifetime. And, and why is that relevant to a business owner or an entrepreneur or someone who is, you know, on this mission uh, of business? Why do you think it's relevant to them specifically yep. on this topic? Yeah. The, well, this is a great question. Nobody's ever asked me these questions, Mike. So the reason it's relevant is that it all ties into connecting with that deeper purpose. So you don't necessarily have to yet be at the awareness. I've had the awareness. I've met many people. I recognize them as, as people we've spent all their lifetimes with. But the real awareness, the deeper awareness part of all this is that there's this purpose inside of you that is why you're here. And that purpose is spiritual in nature. And it's so connecting with your purpose is a spiritual connection for you. And most people that I've helped with that process, all of a sudden their life has a different meaning because now they've got a reason for being here. And it isn't just building the business. It's building the business because it's their purpose. And they're here to make this kind of difference with this kind of people. And oftentimes then they go on to build it much bigger because there's a different perspective on what they're doing. There's a higher reason for it. I've, I've, I got some chills. If you look at my, my arms, just like, I full, cause I fully, fully receive that. And I've, I've spent the last decade and a half adopting those principles. And I, I really, I love that you were bringing that to the audience with such wisdom because you've lived it and you've gone through it. And, and I, I am interested on this new project that you are working on right now with your new book. The, the title is seven money mindsets. Is that correct? It's conscious millionaire, your seven money mindsets. Yeah. Can you tell us just a little bit more about what those seven money mindsets are, what, you know, what the book entails? We'd love to, you know, learn a little bit about it because obviously this one, the grow your business by making a difference is fantastic. Sure. Let, let's go over uh, briefly three of them because they're kind of core. When most people talk and I've read so many books on mindset, most of them only focus on one of what I've discovered are 49 dimensions. And they're 49 dimensions because there's seven money mindsets, but all of them interact with all the others. So it's seven times seven. So it's 49 dimensions of how to leverage and build your business and your wealth and make your difference versus the one of just talking about beliefs about abundance. That's where most books and trainings on mindset begin and end. and. I've reframed that to think about at one end of the continuum, you've got lack and scarcity. And at the other end, it's not abundance, but it's limitless abundance. And that's a very different concept than just abundance because it says you don't just reach abundance, it's limitless. So you're in a limitless field of possibilities there. But here's one of the things that I 
realized is that our society really from the beginning of recorded history has all been about lack and scarcity. And so I begin the book by um, telling people that they've been living a lie and they've been living a lie because all of society has been living this lie. And that the truth is reality is not based on lack and scarcity. Reality is based on limitless abundance. But here's where a spiritual concept comes in that is very unique to my teaching. I realized that lack and scarcity is about contraction, right? So you're not allowing things in and, and you're keeping yourself in fear. But limitless abundance is about expansion. And what is the ultimate expansion that we know of in the universe? And it's love. So living in limitless abundance is really about living in love. Love for yourself, because most people have very much difficulty with loving themselves. And that's about receiving. So that's the receiving part. Love for others, your clients, your family, you know, your stakeholders, the suppliers. And then love for humanity and wanting this to be a loving, conscious planet of abundance, of limitless abundance. And that's where the book starts. And uh, I, don't th I don't think anyone uh, wow. <laughs> out there has come to those kind of conclusions. Uh, then the section, another one of the money mindsets is identity. And one of the biggest reasons that people hold themselves out from, oh, they go, oh, I want the 1 million, but that's where it stops. And they don't go to the 10 million. Or they get the 10 million, but they don't go to the 20 million, et cetera. Is that their identity is that I'm a person who has a million dollars. But their identity is absolutely not, I'm a person who has 10 million. And that's true with the billionaire I want to work with, is that I see this billionaire at one to three billion, but they want to get to 10. And most people would go, oh my God, that's, that's incredible. I'm going, yeah, but why aren't they at 10? One of the number one reasons is they have an identity as a one billionaire, for instance. And then another one of the money mindsets is about possibility. Now, you really have to ask a couple of questions about possibility. One is, what do you perceive as possible, period? Maybe not for you, but say possible for Elon Musk, so he can send the rocket to Mars, right? Or possible for all these space journey things. You know, I was reading another one yesterday where, you know, we're going to be able to pay, you know, substantial sum and go up in a space flight, you know, for several hours. So you could say, well, that's possible. But then the second piece is to ask the question, is it possible for me? And I would say that inside of everyone, there are two buckets. There are buckets that we call impossible and there are buckets we call possible. And so I have techniques that I'm you know, writing about in the book to take your impossible, something from your impossible bucket and put it in your possible bucket. And now you can put it into action. But as long as inside you, it's in the impossible bucket, you will never manifest it. Something must be in your possibility bucket for you to manifest it. Otherwise you won't do it. So that, that's kind of the, the kind of gives you the flavor of what I'm writing. I am so glad I asked. I mean, that's beautiful. I, I love the, uh, the spectrum slack and scarcity versus limitless abundance and talking about the expansion of love because 
I had a conversation with you a couple of years ago about receiving. Yeah, in fact, you even asked me on your episode, one of the episodes was, what am I going to do to celebrate when we reach 100,000 sandwiches oh, right, for PB&J right, right. for Tampa Bay? And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I'll just go on Facebook Live and thank everyone. And when we hit 100,000 sandwiches, I immediately heard your voice. What are you going to do to celebrate now that we hit this milestone? And I used your um, $100 that you mailed to me. I, can't, I have that check. And my wife and I, Lindsay and James, we went out for a, a celebratory meal. Uh, we That's were- right. I sent I sent you a hundred dollars, and and I remember that all of a sudden, like a year later, it got cashed. <laughs> <laughs> well, COVID hit, and we couldn't hit the hundred thousand mm-hmm. meals. So I was like, I'm not going to cash JV's check until like we're about to pursue it, and I, I just couldn't feel an integrity with that. And then when I was like, all right, we got this thing rolling. And uh, Tyler stepped in and started helping while we were in the hospital with James. It's like, all right, now I feel confident that we got things rolling, that we'll hit this milestone. So, you know, and just being able to receive that, it was hard for me to cash. It took a year, over a year to cash the check for me to receive, you know, this love from you. And I I think some people, you know, have, have that, um, have that block as well, because a lot of people are givers that it's hard to receive. Right. And it's one of those things that I've worked a lot with. Um, By my nature, I'm more of a giver than receiver. Right. So I've had to work on my own. The things that I work with with my clients, I'm typically working with on myself as well. I just might be working with them at a different level and I've been working with them for a while. But uh, it's really when you look at business and you think, well, this is a business is about CNBC. Uh, they're pretty much stuck in the first stage of capitalism. It's all about the bottom line, how much money you made, ROI. And that's great. I'm a numbers guy. I'm trained as a tax attorney. But it's a whole different experience of what you're building if you say I'm building a business based on love. I want to love all the people who work with me. I want to love them for choosing to be on my team. And they're going to love each other and it becomes part of your culture. And we're going to we're going to love on our clients. True love, not this make-believe stuff, but that you genuinely love them and care about them and that we love about humanity and we want to make this a better world for everyone. What a different set of principles you're going to be building on in building your business. Yeah, it's true. I actually, there's a great book called Conscious Capitalism with the owner of Whole Foods. John Mackey. Yeah, it was it was great, great concept. And that's similar to what you're saying, which is, you know, building a business based on love and from that principle as as the center. And um, really looking forward to the book, Conscious Millionaire, Seven Money Mindsets. Do we have an idea of when we could expect that to be released? Well, I was actually having a conversation with my distributor last week and we went, we went over it all. And uh, the rules have changed since... So uh, now when you bring out a book, it's got to be printed and sitting at Fibbiter for uh, eight weeks before, mm. the dist- before the pub date. So based on all that, when I backed out how long it'd take to get it in layout, to get it, you know, all the different plates, the cover's basically done because it's very similar to the current cover. It's going to have kind of a lime green instead of the gold. And where you see uh, grow your business by making a difference, it's going to say your seven money mindsets. And so um, right now we're thinking March. Cool. March 2023. March. Yep. March 2023. <clears throat> great. Well, before we wrap up with, uh, I have three final quick hitting questions for you. I know you said you have a special gift for the Better Than Rich listeners. What might that be and how can everyone get it if they wanted it? 
Yeah, so go to ConsciousMillionaire.com forward slash make millions, make millions. And I have a special hypnotic audio I've recorded for you called Born to Make Millions. Very cool. Born to Make Millions. That's, And I'm sure that will help with the identity yeah. so, component. And so it's ConsciousMillionaire.com forward slash make millions. And you can, you can get that uh, free hypnotic empowerment audio. That's that's fantastic. That's a very unique uh, compared to like an ebook or PDF or something like that. So, and it's only six minutes, Mike. So, so I'd suggest you listen to it twice a day. And I'm going to give you another suggestion that you are going to journal once a day and do this for 30 days if you really want true transformation. You'll get a big transformation. And journal beginning with this question. I was born, or this statement rather, I was born to make millions because, and then whatever comes after it, don't even worry about it, because I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know? <laughs> Who doesn't, <laughs> Who does right? It, <laughs> and, but, but when you do That's 30 great. days of that, all of a sudden you're going to have all these because reasons that your mind's going to go, oh, wait a minute, I was born to make millions. Yes, I was. And I'm not gonna. Mm. I'm not gonna tell you the hero of this empowerment audio. I'll just say it has something to do with making an impact. That's all. That's all. I'm not giving nah. anything else away. <laughs> well, JV, this has been awesome. So let's wrap up with these three quick hitting questions. So the first question is: What do you think the world needs most today? Vision entrepreneurs with true vision about how we can create change and and have successful businesses that's great and what are one to three books you think people should read right now i've been reading a lot uh i but i'm going to go back to my to two classics think and grow rich is napoleon hill and man's search for meaning Viktor Frankl. Mm. And I read that in high school. And when I was doing my first graduate degree in LA, somehow, maybe I read it in the newspaper. I don't know how I became aware of it. <laughs> I hate to say this, but there was no internet back then. I found that found out that Viktor Frankl was going to speak at a synagogue on Sunday. And I went and had the pleasure of hearing Viktor Frankl in person. So I think Man's Search for Meaning is a very important book. Beautiful book. I agree. He just it's reframed a, a it into story. different meanings for him. Yep. Absolutely. Last question for you, JV, and then we'll let you go. What does it mean to be better than rich? Fulfilled. To be truly fulfilled with your life. To, You know, I begin my book with each chapter has a quote, and there are 14 chapters, and the quotes are from me, right? And the first one is the thing that I would tell anybody, if you miss your real journey, you miss your real life. And so it's finding your journey and living it fully. That's better than rich because it's rich in many ways, not just financially. Mm. Well, JV, thank you so much. And listener, thank you for taking the time to listen in to season three of the Better Than Rich show. And stay in touch with all of us. Feel free to subscribe, review. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Thank you for the rating. Thank you for the share. If you got some value from this episode, please share it with a friend. And just always remember, as always, leave today better than you found it. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. 
To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at better than underscore rich and join our Facebook group at the better than rich show. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time. And remember, leave today better than you found it. Do you want to win back 13 to 37 hours of your week every single week? If you do, uh, please join us. We are going to be teaching the foolproof method to identifying the bottleneck in your business and teaching you how to resolve it. We're going to teach you all about our three epiphanies around systems. Mike, where can people learn more and tell them about the, the program? Well, you're going to want to go to AutomateDelegateSystemize.com and you will learn our three epiphanies, which is automation sequencing, how to delegate and use a virtual assistant, and how to step back as a CEO using strategic retreat. So again, go to AutomateDelegateSystemize.com. That's AutomateDelegateSystemize.com and get more information now.